to the NXT Podcast, your home for weekly NXT reviews and insight. The beautiful part of NXT is that when one dream ends, another dream begins. Find all of your NXT news, recaps, and analysis right here. So with that being said, we only have one question for you. Are you We thought so. Let's get the show started right now. Oh, man. Oh, man. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the NXT podcast. Hello. I am Zachary Smith. I am your host here, as always, to talk about NXT. Now, in this case, we're more talking about New Year's Evil because we've done just about all the setup we're going to do for it, and it's time. And the last special that they had, uh, I said I really liked because it felt like the old NXT. The old NXT was stories that that set, or rather were designed to supplement matches rather than the usual WWE style, which is the matches aren't important, it's the story. Unless we don't like you, in which case we'll say you're bad in the ring, but we don't really care, but, you know, it's stories. And the last special felt a lot like the old NXT, where the point was wrestling. So, New Year's Evil coming up here, and hopefully we get something very similar. I imagine we will, because thus far we have a a good card. It's a short card, but one, there could be other stuff that gets tacked on, and two, even if it is just a short card, that would mean then that you get plenty of time for each individual match, and that's kind of the thing with NXT now, is you don't generally get a ton of time for your matches, so... I'm pretty excited. Before we get started, you can always find me on Twitter. I'm at ZachNXT. That's at Z-A-C-H-N-X-T. We're talking wrestling, other fun stuff over there. Now, we do generally talk about the news and notes, things that are going on in WWE. Don't you worry, I'm getting to the Tony Storm thing in just a minute. We're going to save that for last Obviously, um, Big E comments from Wrestling Inc. on the re- recent success of black wrestlers in WWE. Big E talks about being the fourth black WWE champion and whether he feels pressure to represent black talent in wrestling. So this is kind of cool um, because Big E is the current WWE champion. And one of the cool things about that is that Big E didn't have to change who he was. He came together with Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston, formed the New Day. They were having a lot of fun, became the most over thing in the company, sold a bunch of merchandise, were basically allowed to do what they wanted to do, and became real positive TV characters, both in storyline and in real life, that often carried the show. Some of the biggest moments in recent uh, memory or most entertaining come right from the New Day. And that's comedy, that's storylines, that's also just matches they had. Their Hell in a Cell match with the Usos 
was one of my favorite matches I saw all of that year. And I forget if that one was on the pre-show or not. I don't even remember anymore. But New Day's always been fantastic. And Kofi had Kofi Mania leading up to WrestleMania. And had a fantastic story with uh, Daniel Bryan through Elimination Chamber and that SmackDown Gauntlet match. And I legitimately, I cried when he won the WWE title at WrestleMania. Uh, Xavier Woods and Big E's reaction to it is is what got me. That doesn't happen to me a lot with, uh, with wrestling, but that felt like an actual big, important moment where I was really happy for the people involved. And now... It's Big East turn. He wins Money in the Bank, and you feel like it's it's his time. And then there was some talk about amongst fans, maybe he's going to be the guy that beats Roman. That certainly is something that you could have done. That That was a story you could have told. They decided not to go with that. So essentially you have just Drew McIntyre now that can do that. But he decides to challenge Bobby Lashley because Bobby had attacked uh, Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston and his revenge, Biggies, was I'm going to take the WWE Championship from you. He called his shot, said he was cashing it in. He did. And the cool thing about that is a couple things. One, he took the WWE title from Bobby Lashley. So it had to have been one of, if not the first times, that two black wrestlers uh, were wrestling for the WWE Championship. And Bobby Lashley helped break that ground before Big E did in becoming the WWE Champion and becoming a legit badass champion that nobody could question. It was fantastic. And so if you were going to have Big E take that title, it's, it's really, really fun that it was from Bobby Lashley and they had a lot of fun matches together. So now he's in a position where he's the man. It's not like Kofi where they didn't really believe in him, but they had to give him the title, and then after that they kind of just dropped it. Big E's one of the guys they're they're going with here, and you weren't sure if they were actually going to pull the trigger on him, but now here he is. And so on one hand, it's WWE, so I'm not super confident that black wrestlers and um, it really any kind of wrestler that's not white and English speaking is going to have sustained success uh, going forward on an equal footing. Uh, but this is the kind of thing that helps with that. WWE likes to think they break new ground, but they're they're very into doing things that worked before. A lot of the strategy was get Hulk Hogan in here in in the uh, in '85. Well, WrestleMania won in '85, and then try and copy that mold. And then Bret Hart comes along, and Shawn Michaels comes along, and they chase that. And then The Rock and Stone Cold come along, and they chase that. Then John Cena comes along, and they have been chasing that since. And so hopefully, Biggie is put in a position where he can continue to shine. So it makes that road a little bit easier for the people that come behind him. It still won't be an easy road based on the company and their history. But the work that Big E and Bobby Lashley and MVP and the other former members of the Hurt Business and Shelton Benjamin before that and your Mark Henrys and depending on how some people count it, The Rock, 
uh, Ron Simmons, um, the whole real nation of domination. Um, all of these people kind of picked up a baton that they're all kind of uh, running with. And Big E is the one that has gotten the furthest, him and Bobby Lashley thus far. And hopefully they can keep passing that baton to the next generation. Now, somebody like Keith Lee could have been that. But um, that's all over and done with now. So hopefully, again, this makes the road easier going forward. This is a fun one. From Inside the Rope, Seth Rollins seemingly undergoes name change in WWE. Now, that is a misleading title because it appears as though he was announced as Seth freaking Rollins. Now, he's called himself Seth freaking Rollins before. He's never been announced as Seth freaking Rollins. So he was announced as Seth freaking Rollins. Then he went on Twitter and made a joke about it being his, his legal name. Um, this is obviously just like a little fun you know, story, um, not like a, not like a serious one, um, his name very well could be changing, it is exactly like WWE to take a character like Seth Rollins, the drip god, that is so fantastic, and think that because he says Seth freaking Rollins, that has to be his name, that's one of the most WWE things I've ever heard, uh, this one says, former WWE champion says he's done enough to be in the Hall of Fame. I'm going to read this to you. Um, Most wrestlers see it as a big honor to be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. It cements their legacy. There's no telling who could be inducted in the future, but this wrestler recently made it clear that he hopes to become a Hall of Famer. This former champion, talking to Sports Kita, uh, reflects on his WWE run. I'm going to read you this quote. Don't worry. I know I haven't told you who it is yet. Just hold on. Quote, everybody knows that my dream is to one day be a part of the WWE Hall of Fame. After accomplishing everything, working and defeating all the big names, all my idols, that let me share the ring with them and gave me the opportunity to be part of their world, be there inside, and they gave me the privilege of being there with them. So, after defeating everybody, becoming champion many times, people ask me, what's next? Do you dream about something? Accomplishing something else in the business? The answer is yes. I want to be a part of the Hall of Fame. I have done enough to be a part of it. Unquote. Now, if I gave you all that, who do you think that was? If you guessed Alberto Del Rio, you'd be absolutely correct, dude. Um, alright. So, a few things. Um... You know me, I, uh, I have a big, a big problem separating art from artist. I am not able to watch a bad person do a thing well. It kind of overtakes my ability to, uh, to enjoy it, right? So I've had that problem with a few people. Um, so, with Alberto Del Rio, with Alberto Del Rio, if we were to separate art from artist, 
Definitely hasn't had a Hall of Fame career. Absolutely not. He's been World Heavyweight Champion. I don't know if he's been WWE Champion, but he was forgettable as a champion. He was United States Champion. Um, He was one of the guys that WWE said, oh, well, Eddie Guerrero was a big deal, so let's have another person uh, like Eddie Guerrero, not realizing that it wasn't because Eddie Guerrero was Latino, uh, it was that he was uh, fantastic and happened to be Latino, and, and so people gravitated to him. And they they thought all you had to do was find a Latino dude, and he would get as big, and obviously that didn't work. So he's had, like, a middling career at best before you factor in that he's not a good guy. And then you take all the not-a-good-guy stuff with Paige and, and with other people and, and police reports. And um, it's the kind of thing where uh, they wouldn't put in somebody with his resume unless it was like Vince McMahon. Like, you have to be at a very high level in the history of this company to be in that Hall of Fame with that resume. And Alberto Del Rio's not. He's never going to work for WWE again or AEW. And so, no, he will never be a WWE Hall of Famer. The WWE Hall of Fame doesn't mean a ton because they just kind of throw in whoever at the whims of Vince McMahon. But it is an honor to a lot of the men and women that get in there. And I respect that. And on one hand, Drew Carey is in the Hall of Fame, so whatever. But it's still a big deal, and you can't you can't have it be anything like a big deal and have an Alberto Del Rio in there. He is going to be quietly forgotten about one day, and nobody will ever think about him again. All right, let's talk about Tony Storm, huh? So... From Bleacher Report, less than one week after challenging Charlotte Flair for the SmackDown Women's title on Christmas Eve, Tony Storm was released from her contract. This is per Fightful Selects, Sean Ross Sapp. Now, this is the terrible story they've been doing with Charlotte Flair and Tony Storm, where it seems as though Charlotte Flair just kept uh, embarrassing Tony Storm over and over and over, and nothing ever happened uh, to it. Now, um... I think that they think that they were the ones responsible for the Daniel Bryan uh, story and how over he was before WrestleMania 30, and they weren't. And so they think embarrassing somebody, putting him at their lowest point, is going to make us root for them when really it's just not fun to watch. So here's a quote. Quote, Storm worked a triple threat match at last night's WWE live event, and PWI Insider noted that talent indicated she flew herself home. This is what we've heard from other talent, unquote, Sapp reported. When asking whether there were any extenuating circumstances regarding the situation, Sapp was told, quote, everything is fine, unquote. Quote again, we've been told by many within WWE were blindsided by the news of Storm asking for her release. One source within the company we spoke to said it would have been difficult for WWE to justify not granting somewhere in, uh, excuse me, someone their release after several rounds of budget cuts, unquote. So, Tony Storm becomes a free agent once her non-complete concludes. Um, I'm going to assume that's a 90-day no-compete. That's usually what it is, unless... You're in NXT, in which case it seems to be much faster. So here's the thing. Tony Storm, extremely talented. Uh, so 
it feels like you could use somebody like that, especially if, you know, you called them up to the main roster. It's not like they were trying to get in, in there. Now, Tony Storm is a really, really, really good wrestler. And she's a good promo, and she's been a champion in your company before. And so she comes to the main roster, everybody's really excited, and then nothing happens, and then nothing happens, and nothing happens. And then there's like a Dolph Ziggler backstage thing, and he has an interaction with Tony Storm. It's basically, oh, do she so hot thing, because that's all they know how to do. And then nothing happens, and nothing happens. And then all of a sudden, she's just on SmackDown and would very much like to challenge Charlotte Flair. And Charlotte Flair does not even begin to take her seriously. In fact, laughs in her face multiple times. Pretty sure she threw a pie in her face, uh, which will absolutely get somebody over. And so this keeps happening, and she's uh, being embarrassed essentially each week on TV, knowing full well that Tony Storm is not going to beat Charlotte Flair um, or... Uh, even really put up a fight against her because God forbid anybody really get close to taking that title from Charlotte Flair, huh? It's a gold standard, yay. So she keeps getting beat down and beat down and beat down and more so than like getting embarrassed because I think you can overcome that. It didn't feel as though she was being taken seriously even as like a puncher's chance of a threat. Like, I could almost see if, like, Charlotte Flair was pretending to be overconfident, but then Tony Storm would kind of get the upper hand and Charlotte would be concerned. But the whole time it felt like Tony Storm was, like, being shown on national television that she is not on Charlotte's level. And something like a pie in the face always feels like the kind of thing WWE does um, to, like, do something to somebody on television. And WWE often denies that it does this, but please never forget for all of the things I've had to say about Jim Ross over the years. Um, he was uh, he was drafted to a different show live just so that they could see his reaction. He was legitimately fired on television. When he was out with a, a major surgery, they, they made a skit about it. Um, that they didn't tell him about and in fact he was asleep on the couch and he he woke up and I believe it was his wife that was very upset about it and then to this day when Bruce Prichard is told about that he he almost is offended that JR doesn't understand that it was a joke it's like this is the mentality of of WWE and so it's not far fetched to say like maybe it, like somebody who makes decisions heard Tony Storm talking, saying that she could have a great match with Charlotte Flair, and they twisted that in their head to mean, oh, she thinks she's better than Charlotte Flair, we'll show her. Like, that's absolutely not out of the realm of possibility, because the other possibility is that this is a legitimate story they were trying to tell and trying to get Tony Storm over by making her the underdog, in which case, that's a terrible idea. That w That will not work. And so they're either malicious and have malicious intent or they're oblivious and terrible at booking. And I know both of those things are true, so it's just a matter of which one you think happened here. Anyway, good for Tony Storm. I've seen a lot of people saying, oh man, that was unprofessional. You're under contract. All right, first off, 
She wrestled a match and then flew home. So she didn't have to wrestle that match even. Two, WWE makes it a point that wrestlers are independent contractors, not employees. Employees, the ones that come up with bad stories and don't put their bodies on the line every night, are the ones that get health insurance and things like that and benefits. The wrestlers do not get that, even though WWE could afford it, especially with all those budget cuts. And they don't. They keep them as independent contractors specifically for that. And while they are independent contractors, they put no competes in their contract. They put all these disadvantageous things in their contract. They can also just cut you for no specific reason. And so if you can cut me for no reason and I'm an independent contractor, absolutely I can get on a plane and go home. I don't know in the contract that there's anything in there that says how many matches you have to wrestle or anything like that, but good for Tony Storm. I hope she goes to literally any other company. AEW would be great. The women's division could use some Tony Storm, I think. So we have New Year's Evil coming up. I want to talk about the matches just a little bit here. Quick little preview. See if we can figure out who's going to win what. So, on the match card, for from a couple of sources, match one, or the first one I'm talking about, Grayson Waller, AJ Styles. It's a social media feud that started because of Grayson Waller talking smack on uh, Instagram, which is always a great way to start a feud. But Grayson Waller doing the best work I've ever seen from him and has quickly become an in- Uh, just a super important member of NXT. Like, top bad guy level almost overnight. And I don't know why they decided AJ Styles would work here. Um, I don't know if AJ was excited about working with Grayson Waller or what happened, but I know Grayson Waller's good in the ring, and I know AJ Styles is one of the best in the world in the ring, and I've never gotten to see AJ Styles wrestle in NXT to my memory. He skipped it when he debuted. He debuted in the Royal Rumble in 2016. So I am be over the moon to watch AJ Styles on a like an actual wrestling show. That being said, who wins? Feels like feels like Grayson Waller should cheat and win. Except it's it's AJ Styles from the main roster. So it's like, would you rather have the main roster guy lose or the guy who's still going to be in NXT lose? So I'm going to take Grayson Waller. I'm going to say Grayson Waller cheats and he wins. And then AJ goes off with Omos to distract him so he doesn't come back to NXT to, to fight Grayson Waller again. So I'll take Grayson Waller. We have Matt Riddle and MSK, that's Nash Carter and Wesley, versus Imperium's Walter, Marcel Bartel, and Fabian Eichner. Well, fantastic. Riddle was the shaman for MSK. I've said this a couple weeks in a row now, but a perfect choice. And Imperium, Marcel Bartel and Fabian Eichner, even by themselves, are a really, really good tag team. Really, really good tag team, excuse me. Walter... One of the best wrestlers in the world. Always delivers in big matches. Matt Riddle, for all of the bad comedy that they have him do, is actually a very good wrestler. He's very intense in the ring. And so, if he catches one of those big Walter chops, 
Matt Riddle and Walter, I think, could have a real knockdown drag out, and that sounds like a lot of fun. Feels like feels like MSK and Riddle win. They pin Marcel Bartel or Fabian Eichner, obviously not Walter, and they stand tall at the end. Carmelo Hayes versus Roderick Strong. Now, Carmelo Hayes' North American title and Roderick Strong's cruiserweight title are up for grabs. This is a unification match. Seems like they're getting rid of that cruiserweight title that they never knew what to do with except for have that initial tournament. So, Roderick Strong is somebody who should not be the head of a stable. Love him, love his work shouldn't be the feature in a stable. Uh, In a stable that is not interesting, Uh, Malcolm Bivens is fun, but I'm all set. Uh, and, and doesn't seem to be going anywhere. Uh, and your centerpiece cannot be the cruiserweight title. There is no reason to have Carmelo Hayes lose. He's one of your brightest stars for your future, uh, even though you will not you will not actually take advantage of that. But you like to have you like to make people think you have a bird in the hand so that we don't notice you're bringing back Goldberg again. It's like, no, these new stars we're never gonna use. So, They're going to have a really, really good match. This might be the best match of the night. And Carmelo Hayes wins, and they unify the titles. He carries around two for a while, and then eventually the North American title absorbs the cruiserweight title, and we won't have to talk about it anymore. NXT Women's Champion Mandy Rose against Raquel Gonzalez and Cora Jade. Triple threat match, NXT Women's title. This is a fun one. Um... I think I think all three of these women are going to shine in this match. I think they're all really good at different things, and I think they're going to get to showcase it well. Mandy Rose, when she first got to NXT, did not understand why she was here. I don't think NXT did either, but they've done a really good job of repackaging uh, Mandy Rose, and Toxic Attraction is one of the best things they have going, and there's no reason in the world to take that title off Mandy Rose. Raquel Gonzalez has already won it, and Raquel is um, is clearly very very dedicated to this, and is is good in the ring. And I I genuinely don't mean disrespect by this, but I do not want Raquel Gonzalez as women's champion again. I just saw it; it wasn't very interesting. Cora Jade can be NXT women's champion one day, but Cora Jade's still very new, very young, can't really isn't used to, rather, doing promos by herself yet. Give her time, give her seasoning, have her circle back around to this. Cora Jade could be the person who eventually beats Mandy Rose for that title, but tonight is obviously not that night. Mandy Rose wins because Raquel and Cora Jade are too distracted arguing over who's going to be the champion, and Mandy sneaks out with a win. Toxic Attraction keeps all the gold or whatever the belts are made out of. Main event, presumably. NXT champion Tommaso Ciampa defends the NXT title against Braun Breaker. Now, at the risk of sounding like a broken record, as I have said this every time it's been brought up, you can do Braun Breaker Tommaso Ciampa again. I I even have no problem with you doing Braun Breaker Tommaso Ciampa again. Uh, if if I'm if I'm being honest. Th- Braun Breaker is going to be a star here. Um, Whether he is on the main roster remains to be seen. Again, that's out of his control. 
he pinned Tommaso Ciampa in the War Games match, and by virtue of pinning the champion, you should get a shot at the champion. And I am fine with Tommaso having to empty the clip to beat him that first time, and so it was close, and then he pins Ciampa, and so we've got a reason to give him a rematch. I am good with all of that. It makes sense to me. It's logical. It's the match I want to see the most anyway. All that being said, if you're going to do back-to-back title defenses against the same person, and that person is Braun Breaker, Braun Breaker has to win this match. Because if Braun Breaker loses to Ciampa twice, it doesn't matter that Ciampa's one of the best NXT champions ever, one of the best wrestlers to ever come through NXT, a legend, a walking Hall of Famer. If ever there were going to be a Hall of Famer who only ever worked in NXT, it would be Tommaso Ciampa. The, all of that does not matter. If Braun Breaker loses again, he will enter the next NXT lesser than because he is now a loser. As in somebody who loses. You cannot keep losing the big matches. Ask Shinsuke Nakamura. Ask Samoa Joe, ask Braun Strowman, ask goodness uh, anybody that has gotten to the precipice of winning. Ask Kevin Owens about how getting multiple title matches that they have you lose affects your character and it's standing in the fans' eyes the next time you have them challenge for a title. Braun Breaker should be the next NXT champion. Because he's your biggest star. You've clearly presented him as that. And I'm fine with him being NXT champion. I think he can handle that. I think he can handle learning and being the champ at the same time. And NXT is developmental now. That's the place to do it. But you cannot have him lose. Because when you circle back around to it again, people will not take it seriously. So... Breaker is either going to walk out as the NXT champion or he's going to walk out a loser that I won't care about going forward. Because while wins and losses don't matter to WWE, they do matter to us. And so for obvious reasons, Braun Breaker will become your new NXT champion. So, again, for my personal predictions, we have Grayson Waller beating AJ Styles. We have Riddle and MSK beating Imperium's Walter, Marcel Bartel, and Fabian Eichner. We have Carmelo Hayes ridding us of the Cruiserweight title. We have Mandy Rose keeping her NXT Women's title. And we have Braun Breaker as your new NXT champion. Thank you, Champa. Thank you for your service. Anyway, let me know on Twitter at ZachNXT, at Z-A-C-H-N-X-T. What do you think of the card? Who do you think is going to win some of these matches? What match are you looking most forward to? Interested to hear your thoughts, and I'll be back to talk about it. In the meantime, that's it for NXT, so that's it for me. I have been Zachary Smith. You have been fantastic as always. You look great today, by the way. And thank you for listening.